0: Five four three two one. Man, I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA and the other stuff. Hey, hang with me today. I'm gonna try and take it slow. Um, If you missed me, that's the first time I've missed putting up videos in three and a half years. We're at 991 videos on YouTube, so we got eight more to go before we hit a thousand. Uh, Joe Rogan says nothing happened until he hit 1,000. So, you know, we've been working at it. But uh, it's funny how once you get away from it for just a day or two, and if you don't feel that great, you forget the settings. And Tuesday, it was a mess. I tried to do it Tuesday. So we're going to see how it goes today. And let's start off with a new Angie's commercial um, by Ryan Reynolds Group. And I forget the name of it maximum impact or something like that it's ryan reynolds but he sold out but you know i guess he still has something to do with it but i'm not sure take a look let's see what this one looks like here okay click and away we go it's called oddly satisfying caulking i'm not the best at caulking so that's why i picked this one that oddly satisfying feeling when you don't do it yourself. Okay. Um, oddly satisfying feeling when you don't do it. And I speeded it up because it's kind of boring. <clears throat> and I don't think, hey, Jessica, I don't think it really hits the nail on the head. Um, you know, it's more satisfying. I mean, they're trying to cross that bridge. There's lots of YouTube videos now of weird Sounds like cars running over little plastic toys, and they make a crackling sound. I noticed when I was making eggs the other day that if you use margarine in the pan, it it crackles. So I thought, oh, I could do one of those oddly satisfying uh, audio commercials. But clock doesn't really make any noise, so they had to kind of push it. And so. First of all, they lost credibility there, and secondly, Andrew Ettinger points out rightly when he talks to contractors that if you're advertising on Angie's list, which now has been shortened to Angie, you're building their business. You're really not building yours, and so Andrew gets people off of digital and puts them onto um, a regular mailing program to their customers. And to people in the neighborhoods of their customers, and has seen amazing results. I wish we'd get some <clears throat> a little more tight case studies, maybe with a holdout test or two. And uh, maybe I should talk to Andrew about that. I think I will. Anyway, Andrew, thanks. Andrew sponsored WDMA last year and got us a got us an actual real subscription to Zoom, so I need to ask him to do that again. But I'll give him a plug anyway. Okay. And speaking of plugs, I saw that uh, the Gunderson Agency got voted one of the top places to work in America, and I was gonna put up that I, I put it in my pocket, but I didn't put it, print out the thing. So congratulations, Mike Gunderson. Uh, he's a WDMA member and um, a great guy to talk to. And so if you're thinking of doing mail, but you want to do it in a big way, I mean don't don't call him up if you just want to do you know, 10 uh, retarget with mail pieces a week or something. No. Um, I forget what he recommends, but I always recommend starting at about 250000 If you got, If you don't have the budget for that, that's about when the, the real statistical validity starts kicking in. Because a minimum, you know, I was always taught you want to mail, and most lists have a minimum rental of 5,000 pieces. So... You know, if you were, if you had to rent 5,000 pieces of a list, um, you could do, you could do 20 segments of your own file, right? Let's say you mailed, let's say mail mailed 100,000, okay, so that's 20 segments. And then you could do another 100,000, 20 segments, or maybe, uh, maybe 25, 250,000, and you get enough data to know whether it's working or not. You know, everybody else, they wants to start with 10000 and then work their way up. Not that you can't do it. Yeah, my voice is coming back. Style consultant says, am I allowed to broadcast today? <laughs> Good anyway. You know, the show must go on, right? I can't believe it. I missed like three programs this week, and I'd never missed one up until. But, you know, once you get lazy, it's easy to just sleep in. Uh, so let's get over to the next story. Let's see how we do this. Literally, I don't know how to run this thing anymore. It's kind of scary. (laughs) Two days off. Okay, so uh, this is the Angie's satisfying thing, and that'll be up on the WDMA website so you can find out about rental maximum effort. Okay, maximum impact might have been as good or better. Our goal on this campaign was not to tell people about the benefit, but rather have them feel the benefit by themselves. And I honestly don't think that came through at all. Okay, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about Parachute, and we were especially talking about this cover. <laughs> and You know, it's a little hard to see. let will try and zoom in a little bit on it. But this young lady, this young lady is repotting her plants in this white-on-white bedroom. And so this uh, social media person you know, said, how could you ever buy from this company when they, when this girl is like thoughtlessly destroying this rug and, and she has a rake and a watering can besides. (laughs) And so she actually had a little contest asking people what, what was the real setting? Like you're in a bedroom, ma'am. But the best one was, (laughs) the best one, if I can find it was, Things to do at an Airbnb. And I thought that was hilariously funny. Yeah, things to do at an Airbnb. That's her favorite. Oh, my gosh. Or the last scene from a horror movie. And, you know, if you've ever seen that, uh, what is it called? The Rear Window? Something like that where the guy basically plants his wife over time. Or... Anyway, I'll put that up there, too, so you can debate the parachute cover. But it did get some reaction, and good for that. But here's the the story I've been wanting to get to for, like, weeks. <clears throat> Why direct-to-consumer brand parachute prefers, prefers, I'm going to highlight that three times here, prefers direct mail to display ads. Now, as much as they prefer it, I think when we talked about it, They only are. They're only about 22% of their ad spend is going to to uh, their catalog. So maybe they want to up that. And if you want to know if you should up it, Paris, shoot. Give me a call because that's what I've done for massively big catalogs. (coughs) Excuse me if I get too excited. Then it blows a tire in my throat. Okay, but. Parachute counts direct mail as one of its largest ad expenditures. Parachute is trading the inbox for the mailbox. Okay. Uh, digital advertising dragged down by low conversion rates and a failure to rope in repeat customers. That's one of the most interesting things that you just wouldn't, it's not intuitive that if you acquire a customer with a catalog, you know, if they open it, look at it, and buy from it. That's what we call acquiring a customer. One, one deal here. <laughs> um, that they're more worthwhile than the customers that you acquire through Amazon or through digital or through influencers. The other methods, you know, and I've worked with catalogers who really keep a lot of, tra- keep good track of things. But the other methods of acquisition just don't pan out the same. They don't keep a customer with you. And that's fascinating to me. There's something about a catalog that delivers a credibility and an interaction and an engagement that just is lost in digital and it can be easily it can be most easily seen not in the acquisition because a lot of times you can acquire great you know you can get a great cost per acquisition off digital especially you know a few years ago when the digital ads were a lot cheaper uh I spoke at um I spoke with, with Travis Seaton and um, he he did a great presentation a few years ago about how catalogers would switch to digital and they'd have a low acquisition cost. And they would think they were keeping their customer file growing at the same rate that they had acquiring customers with catalogs, but at a much lower cost. And then two and three years down the road, they suddenly realize that those customers that they acquired are almost worthless after just a, a couple of mailings that they can't keep mailing them like they used to. And it's it's a trap. And that's basically why we, we've seen... The reason we've seen most catalogs disappear is because they tried to go digital. You know, I had that happen with Legendary Whitetails. I mean, they're still around as a digital company. One one fraction, just a tiny fraction of their size that they were with the catalog. Um, so, you know, just because your your board of directors thinks that catalogs are too expensive... You know, you need the tools to, to teach them how the return on investment works. And we did that with LoveSack. It's a great case study. Basically, we started by, you know, uh, Patrick, their their, their uh, CMO, uh, came in or their VP of marketing and said, you know, why are we mailing to our customers when we need to acquire new customers? And I said, well, let's first of all, let's see if it's worthwhile. And he said, you can see that? And I said, yeah, we'll just not mail some of them, see how they do in the next month or two. He said, oh, that's cool. Let's do that. <clears throat> I mean, that was one of the best questions I've ever been asked. That Patrick, he, did, he was a smart guy. And we found out that there was a 300% return on investment. So every dollar you spent on the catalog to your customers returned $3 of, uh, of profit, not sales. It's not return on ad spend. It's profit. Okay, that's the way we run it. Okay, that's the way we model. That's the way we look at things. Okay, so it was a three-to-one payback. But when we included the pass-along and the non-customers, this was the interesting thing. For every one customer that bought again, two new customers showed up. And so we had a 900% return on investment, and we acquired a lot of new customers. <coughs> I'm not sure I ever made that clear to Patrick about the new customers were coming in from the catalog. That's my fault. Anyway, great Really great working with Patrick. He was all right. Okay. Shifting spend to direct mail is about control, not just of quantity, quality, not just of quantity, but also quality. Parachute launched a new line of tabletop products, including napkins, and I'm assuming it's not like paper napkins. It's nice. Linen napkins. It should say linen. Table runners and towels, the company used direct mail to promote the products to new and returning customers, driving up average purchase sizes, so they used the catalog to announce and we've done this in the past. we did a lot with Bullock and Jones men'swear when they were getting out of the suits or reducing the number of suits they portrayed and getting more into the casual wear as you know as men's fashion changed and you know i i i have a bunch I have a closet full of suits. I like fleeces, and turtlenecks. Anyway, so what we did was we looked at who had bought, who had bought uh, casual wear from their 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 company, and we then profiled those people and found other people in the customer file, which also gave us insights in what kind of list to rent. When they announced their golf, they had, they did a golf wear product uh, catalog, they did a footwear catalog. And they did a casual wear product uh, catalog. And we were able to launch them with great success because we were able to model subcategories within their within their uh, catalog. I don't know if Parachute did this, but what they could have done is they could have done um, what we started with. We did this with Adobe. Um, we started by putting in uh in bind-in inserts, so we do an eight-page signature on the on the uh, on the fold, and we would we would have additional products for your regular customers, but but we would test some. We would have tested the tabletop products. There's a progression that you can do in cataloging to allow you to test, roll out uh, new product categories. Excellent. First, you can put a few items in, then you can put a whole signature in, then you can target with signatures, and then you can do a full-line catalog with some of your, you know, best of your other products. Um, so, Parachute uses Pebble Post. I've used a number of them um, with L, with, uh, with Love Sack. Love Sack used LS Direct out in Connecticut, I think, uh, Brian DeLate, and... Um, and they did a retargeting with mail, and because they were already doing TV, because they had multiple stores in in markets, individual cities. <coughs> Excuse me. They were able to do retargeting, and it worked just tremendously. Um, you don't so you don't just have to do parachute or uh, Pebble Post. I've heard that they're difficult to work with, but I can't really verify that myself. Uh, and. We don't want people to receive more than one postcard per quarter because I don't want people's mailboxes to turn into their inboxes. I would test that. That sounds like not nearly enough. Um, But anyway, that's why you want to work with somebody who's done it before. Okay, so they also found that mail was really good at uh, driving in-store foot traffic. And, of course, you heard about Eric uh, Nordstrom. um, And... You know, Nordstrom a couple of years ago tried to just drop direct mail and for their store promotions, you know, which would bring people into the store. And he said, we went to digital too fast, too soon. But he, but he didn't say whether they were going to keep, you know, restore the mailing. And um, again, too many mailers thought that they could just switch out of mail and they would get the same thing for much lower cost. You kind of get what you pay for. And so now that e-commerce companies are learning mail was the way. It's it's hilarious and ironic, and I've been saying it for literally 25 years, that people are going to find the virtues of mail are not replaceable with digital. Have a great day. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. Bye-bye.